Welsh this week's Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxton, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. You're on the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. Hi, Paul. How's your week been so far? Yeah, all right, Rob. Thank you. Not not too bad. Not too bad. Sort of got over the, the match at weekend. I was a bit miffed with that, but no, I'm doing all right, mate. Thank you. Yep, also got Paul Parkin on the show. Parky, how's your uh, week been so far, obviously? Uh, after defeat against uh, Hulk R last week, it's only going to get better. Yeah, hopefully. Um, kind of ruined my weekend a little bit, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was I was probably more... I expected a win, I'll be honest with you. Um, but, you know, that's what happens. That's the life of a Salford fan, isn't it? Huh. Um, and uh, ever since then, I've been stuck in this box. Um, so... <laughs> So yeah, no uh, broadcasting from another another spot this evening. So uh, I hope everything goes well technically. Yeah, Paul's uh, being broadcast from the down the well by the sound of it. Hopefully, it uh, won't as echo uh, as much as, uh, as as some of the stuff I say after you two have spoke. <laughs> so, is <laughs> there? Uh, yeah, so uh, I have, what did I do? Monday, um, went to the office Monday. So for keys, lovely day. Walked around the keys. Um, I'd walk around Media City trying to get some inspiration with the, from the creative people and then uh, sat and did my normal job inputting data and stuff so by average average Monday um, that's about it really nothing, nothing really exciting to report uh, so there's loads uh, to go at uh, this week we're going to look at the Hull Kingston Rovers defeat we're going to look at the, the ladies victory their League Cup win uh, this week and then we're going to look at all the big news coming out of the, the club we're going to preview uh, what's going on in the world of rugby league and the amateur scene and then we're going to look forward to the Leeds game on Friday night so we'll start with Salford's defeat against Hawkinson Rovers You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review So, Salford Devils were defeated at home. They lost 26 points to 16 to Hulkington Rovers Parker. First mm. home defeat of the season. What did you make of it? To be fair, it's only our second home game. Mm. Um, I thought it was just not good enough. Not up to the standard. Certainly that first 40 minutes, it was embarrassing. Um, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching, to be honest. I thought we had a great chance. I know the conditions weren't great, but I thought we had a great chance of putting a marker down, uh, you know, like we were saying last week about winning these home games and against a team that's probably going to be in and around us. Um, but we, we just didn't get started. We didn't get out of the blocks. Um, there was too many individual errors and, and poor performance. I could see from the first two or three minutes, we were putting the ball down, passing again. It's happened every week that, just passing from one man to the next. The ball's not making it. And it's just basics. It's not, we're not getting beaten up by teams. We're not being outclassed at times. It's just our own mistakes are gifting teams, you know, ball and, and, and uh, field position. Um, what One thing that really stood out for me in the first half, uh, I sit virtually just, well, just behind the dugout to the right. Um, uh, and I got a really good view of the players and I was, uh, I was you know, just taking it all in. And there was no talking between the players. There was no leader. There was no... I know, obviously, our skipper on, on the day was on the bench for the start of the game, which I, I didn't... I wasn't dead sure about. But um, 
there was no, it just seemed like a group of individuals who'd never met. And that's the way they played, you know. Um, they had all the ball okay, on our line. But somehow we were only 4-0 down or whatever it was. And I thought, we're still in this. I've seen this before. We've had a terrible start. And then somehow just built up and, and got into the game. And then within minutes, we're 18-0 down. And I, I, I couldn't believe what, what I was witnessing. The, the, the ease of the tries, um, they seemed to just waltz through. The one where they, they scored a virtual the point where he just kicked over. I, it was like the parting of the sea. I, I didn't know where everybody had gone. It looked like our players had come off the pitch. I thought that the player had stopped or something because it was that easy. And that's, that's just not good enough. Um, we, we had a spirited spell in the second half, but you don't go 18-0 down in Super League and, and have to try and claw your way back. It's just not... It's rarely ever going to happen. I'm not saying it couldn't. I watched Castleford against Huddersfield the other day. They nearly did the same, but it, it's so tough anyway. And all I just feel, uh, OK, I'll have to do from then out, just see that game out, just be professional. And I know we did put a challenge back on, but they always had the edge. And it, always, it was just going to be the fact that they just needed one more score to tip them over, and, and, and they got it in the end. Um, but too many individual errors. Um, and, and I'll be honest, there were very few players for us that, that stood out for me that I could actually say came out of that game with any credit. Lots of technical fouls. Paul, lots of uh, six agains, takes the sort of ju- the juice out of your tank in many ways. And to go 18, sort of nil down going into that half time, sort of gave us a massive mountain to climb. Like Parky said, we did try to, 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 to get to close the gap. And, and, you know, you can only sort of run the clutch so far. You can play an optimum level for such amount of time, but you will start to gas out. And I think that's what kind of happened in that second half. Yeah, it's not good enough, Rob. It was a championship performance. I mean, to concede, I think it was eight, six, six against and nine penalties. I mean, the six against a penalty, more or less, isn't it? So you concede nearly 20 penalties in a match, 18 penalties in a match. You're not going to win the game, are you? I think our contact is soft in defence. And I think that's what's giving them six against away because we're not... We're not being committed enough in defence, so we're messing about wrestling with players and then you're giving them away for fouls at the play of the ball and things like that. I mean, there's no aggression there in defence. We're not dominating teams. You look at OKR, they had three men in the tackle every time and they're dominating you. And no, I, I didn't think it was good enough at all. I think there's, there's there's players on there again. We said it at the Huddersfield game, you know, blokes not even making 50 metres in the forwards. It's, it's not good enough. It really isn't good enough. And yeah, we rallied a bit and come back in the second half, but... They, they killed us okay. I think the, the two halfbacks, that Mikey Lewis and Jordan Abdul, I mean, that Mikey Lewis was timed in the second half. He was timed as he was running sideways and just just put him down. So it was a disappointing performance from, from, from me. Well, I think when we got back to 18-16, we should have kicked on there and put that game to bed. Mm-hmm. I think OK, I were blowing a bit then and, and we didn't. We didn't take it. We didn't... I don't know. We just didn't have the, the, the guile and... We looked disorganised on attack. We looked flat on attack. Passes were going to the ground again. We conceded penalties. We had a man sin-binned again. It was just a bit of a net performance for me, really. I don't think we deserved to win it. I think they were the better side of it and they got the result. So, if I was Paul Rowley, I'd be pretty worried because we're going to end up in a dogfight if we don't start improving. Yeah. Paul Rowley talked about the sort of offensive side of the game. He talked about not winning collision. You'll hear that in a minute. But I, I just think Parkey... Is, is how do you fix that problem? Because obviously these penalties, for me, aren't thuggery. It's technical fouls we're getting pinged for. So 
how how does Paul Rowley is it talking to the players? Is it talking to the referees manager uh, and and seeing what they're going to penalise and what they're not going to penalise, or is it him having to look at himself and his his style of play that he's he's trying to put onto the team? I think Paul's hit the nail on the head. To be honest with you, um, it, it's not a case of these technical fouls are coming off the back of us losing challenges, losing the collision mm. and having to hold on that extra second, having to do that little bit more work. That if you hit them first time and stop them dead, they're not getting that quick play of the ball. Anyway, they're not going to, you know, the amount of metres uh, Rovers were making against us was every time a player got the ball, it was 10, 15 metres. We got the ball going the other way. We were making two or three. Um, we're not big enough. We're clearly not big. We know that. We haven't got a big enough pack. Um, but it's, it's effort as well. He's putting in that little bit more. Um, I, just just thinking back to the to the game, there was incidents where play, our players were bouncing off theirs. You've got to make these tackles thick because once you've bounced off, you go back for the second one. That's where the likelihood of a penalty is going to come or a restart because you're late or you're you're going to add that extra few seconds onto that 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 play the ball or you're not going to get square and you're going to get pinged. It, 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 it's as simple as that. It's just making that effort. And it looked it looked the other night like some of them players really just didn't want didn't want to know in that first half. I don't know if they were too cold or what. I don't know what's wrong with them. Um, but that's where the problem lies. It's not a case of, you know, like you say, they are technical, but that's because they're not doing the job right in the first place. They're having to do the job twice and that's causing a problem. And uh, how does Paul really go about it? I mean... It's difficult. I mean, he, he obviously tells them in, in the week and they've worked through the, the, the winter on defensive patterns and how you, you know, how you do things. The wrestling side of things, a massive thing in rugby league training these days. They must have done that. It's, it's the strength of them. And, and this is one thing that I've noticed, you know, to be fair to, to Ian Watson when he was in charge, that the lads were always fit and strong, mm. always looked like they were winning a, a tackle or they could hold something. At the moment, we've not got that. There's a lot of grabbing and, and pulling and, you know, he's he, losing that first collision that's then putting us on the back foot and causing us problems down the line. Parky makes a good point there, Paul. Fitness, both physical and mental, are the players switched on not to be sort of penalised for these technical penalties? Fatigue will play a point in this. Because obviously players get tired and and obviously get start making errors and things like that. But is is it is Parky right that you know we don't look fit enough? There's something wrong, Robert. Like I said, I agree with Parky about the the contacts and that soft. Um, there's a complete lack of aggression. You know, you're at home there against all Kingston Rovers and you, or any team at home. You should be charging in. You, you should get the crowd up. You should be smashing them in defence. And that's what gets you on top and wins your games. You go behind the eight ball and go 18 nil down. You're not going to come back from that. I mean, that Jordan Abdul could have played the bloody dinner suit. I mean, no one touched him all night. He's banging the ball in the air. And people blaming Ryan Briley. All right, Ryan had a bit of a poor game. He knocked a few balls on. He should have had that time to put them balls in the air. There should have been someone there stopping him. I watched him in that first half. He's putting a bomb in the air. There was no one anywhere in. That's why he was getting so much height on them kicks. Because he had all the time in the world to loft him in the air. And you, you, you can't afford to, to let a team... I mean, how many times did they offload the ball? Okay, who's getting a ball out? And I don't. I think they just took the mick with us. I really do. And I don't think they're a great side. With all due respect to Huddersfield, I don't think they're a, you know, a championship-winning team. But they absolutely pummeled us. So, 
how are we going to go and play St. Helens and, and, and Warrington and, and teams like that? They're going to murder us. And I fear for us against Leeds. You look at the size of their pack, they're going to steam. Mm-hmm. If we don't come out against Leeds and work from the minute go, we're going to get battered. We've got to come out with a different attitude, be a bit more aggressive in defence and stop them. You know, that first contact's got to be better. You mm-hmm. can't afford to, to let them get on the front foot. Yeah, Paul, you spoke to Paul Rowley after the game. This is what you had to say. Coach's Corner. Right, Paul Rowley joins me. You're obviously disappointing, and I can tell that from the press conference. Can you put it, you know, how did you, what did you say to the lads at the end of that game? It's soft contact in defence. You're very disappointed with the defence. That's what you want to pride yourself on, don't you? Yeah, obviously, every team wants to. You can't win games without being good in defence, so. Um, yeah, everything came from, from that. Um, we started soft and deep, lazy and deep, and, and they rolled us from minute one to minute 40. We had a response in the second half after some honest chats, uh, but, you know, we give ourselves too much to do, really. Um, you know, and on the back of soft D, then you're letting Abdul get them kicks away. Uh, law of averages says we're going to drop one eventually. Um, so... Uh, you know, they, they got joy from kicks. I think they scored all the tries from kicks, actually. But um, but we never once had kick pressure. But it's hard to put kick pressure on when you're uh, you're not controlling the rook previous to the kick. So, that you know, and you get your sets of six agains and, and your penalties. So, just defence is the, the, the story, that's it. You said last week, didn't we, about the, the six mm. to goals and that. And I think you nailed it there in a the press conference there, coming from that that soft contact in yeah. defence. Ryan Lannan against him been this week. Mm. You're giving yourself a bit too much to do, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it's probably not directly Ryan's uh, fault. I think he's, he's, he's getting pinged for um, other people's offences and then him being one too many. So he's wrong place, wrong time, I guess. So, you know, that's a collective fact. It's not, it's not just Ryan's collective. We'll all take that on board. But, um, yeah... You've got to have an appetite and an attitude to defend, otherwise you can't win games. So, um, you know, I weren't happy last week and I'm not happy this week. So we've just got to keep working hard. And we spoke about trying to prove people wrong about what we are as a team and, and where we'll be and, and what we're capable of. But up to now, we're, we're not achieving that. People always ask you about taking positives out of the game. I'm not going to ask you that question because I don't <laughs> like it. What What do you do this week? Do you do anything yeah. different in training this week? Is there anything you can do? You've got Leeds next week. Another big game. They're a side who are on a bit of a downward spiral, aren't you? They're going to come here. Yeah. Well, they'll see us an opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and and before a ball was kicked to the season, everybody sees see Salford as an opportunity. Like they do with Wakefield and Toulouse. We know that. Um, and like I said, we're doing nothing to change people's opinion at the minute. So... Um, as always, review will be really honest uh, and uncomfortable, uh, as it always is, uh, you know, and, and, and that's what we'll do. So we, we, we'll keep being honest within our group with each other and uh, preparing, you know, the, the best we can. It's not, it's not like you can just go and flog them and run them around a pitch a million times to as a punishment. You know, it's, it's about attitude and application ultimately. So uh, I just thought I'd have liked to have seen someone step up in them in moments as well in that first half and take the, defensively take the game for us by the scruff of the net so I thought we lacked a little bit of leadership as well uh, in that respect but that comes down to personnel 
he decided to go with four forwards on the bench today. Mm. One guy who thought caught my eye was Alex Gerrard. I thought he put a good shift in for you today. Do you do you think you see that as like your plan going forward for next week, having those those four forwards? Do you think that helped you today get on the front foot a bit? Uh, not necessarily. I think uh, this, we, we were covering uh, Greenwood, who's obviously come back from from injury, so Ryan Lannan with us as a, a back row option, really. Um, but we, we we changed how we went about our business. Greeny got through, so we ended up using the four. Um, but I, you know what? I, I, half the subs today were made out of people not performing rather than calculated substitutions. Uh, you know, too loose and, and dragging them off. So, um, but the, you know, you, you said you won't mention positives, and, and I'm quite blunt sometimes when if there are none, I'll, I'll say there are none. But I think individually, you mentioned Alex there. And, uh, I thought there were others as well who were having a real a real dig and um, you know Tim Lafay is is playing tough which is important Brodie Croft is playing tough and that's a strange thing to say for an halfback but he's playing tough and, and you know I want to be saying he's making breaks and scoring tries but at the minute he's he's, he's leading in defence and, and and he knows what it's about and um, you know. So there's some positives individually. There's there's some people having a real dig. I don't think anyone isn't trying, um, but uh, application intent is, is is missing. Thanks very much for coming out and speaking to us, yeah. Paul. Good Cheers. luck in the week. I'll see you next week, mate. Thanks. So that's Paul Rowley talking to yourself, Paul, and obviously he was sort of disappointed with his uh, with the first half and like you said, contact. Yeah, he was. I mean, he listened to the interview and he's he's probably a bit kind in the interview. Um, you know, spoke. I just said I to him before the interview. He wasn't as kind. Of him. I'm glad he didn't press record. But no, he's disappointed at the moment. And Paul Rowley can only do so much. Like any coach, you only need to do so much on the training pitch. Your players have got to go out there and do the business. And what's frustrating at the moment is we showed, when we went to Castleford, we showed how organised we were. And we went there and did a real thorough job on them. We were like the SAS, in and out, did a great job. But that, that team at the moment, that composure, that sort of organisation and attack, mm. It's all gone out the window. We look a completely different side that played Castleford and, and Toulouse early doors. So I don't know where that, that's gone. I don't know what's changed because the personnel's not changed. The, the players are still the same. So we do look completely low on confidence. I know confidence plays a massive part in sport, doesn't it? And we look completely low on that at the moment. I think just looking forward to, to, to Friday against Leeds, we need to score early. We need to get an early score and get that confidence back because if you go behind again, you know, it's um, going to be a difficult night. Yeah, he spoke to me in the in the official press conference and he talked about Parker, he talked about wanting to change the perception of the club from the outside. Defeats like that won't help his cause. No, uh, so the last three, they're, they're what you would consider sort, typical Salford results. Mm. You know, for the last 20, 30, 40 years, people would look at Salford and just, you know, they'd see that result in the paper and just go, yeah, that, you know, anyone in rugby league would just go, that's, that's about right. Salford get you know a bit of a thumping or whatever. All right, this week it was closer, but we were at home against a, a, one of our you know main rivals. For if you ever had any aspiration of finishing in the top eight, they'd they'd be a team you've got to beat. Certainly at home, and I, I know what Paul's saying. And I, I, he, the thing of our club off the pitch, all this perception has changed. We are now a club that's, you know, we, we've got a direction. We know what we're doing. We seem to have things behind the scenes sorted. It's up to the players on the night. He, he, he can't... Paul Rowley can only do so much. He can get them as fired up as he wants. He can have them as technically wise, he, whatever. Once they cross that white line, 
It's up to them to, to put their hand up and do the job. And they're not doing it. They're not doing it. There are key individuals in that team who are failing. I know we're only five games into the season. You don't have that many games in a season. We haven't got that much time now. It's got to get, we've got to get it right. Uh, and it's, it, it's just down to the players. It's their effort. It, it's that wanting to win. And if you want to change perception and start winning games, because that'll shock people like it did in 2019. People were shocked that Salford can make a grand final. That changed opinions, not, not what we're seeing at the moment. And it doesn't matter what Paul Rowley tries to do, or, you know, in training or anything else. Them players have got to commit and got to do it on the park. And, and what I saw in that first 40 minutes on, on Friday night just simply wasn't good enough. There is, there is people, Paul, in that squad who have Salford League, support Salford. I've been at Salford for a while. And, and obviously, there, is, there will be a connection. Um, so, how, how do they turn that round? How, as a team, do they do anything different to, to make it better? Because I'm oh, so we'll go on the stats in a minute. And, and they did work hard for me. It's not like they're, they're, not, they're not doing it. The grafting, but it just no, don't seem to, to finding that spark that that sort of turns us into a uh, sort of a monster team. Got a bit of a smarter, Rob, haven't you? Sometimes it's mm. not about working out; it's about working smarter. Sometimes, isn't it? and I know, um, I know Ryan Briley copped a bit of stick, um, and you're going to cop stick. Supporters will have an opinion, won't they? And especially in the days of social media, people can say what they want. And I read some of the comments what what Briley got, and I thought some of it was a bit harsh, but he did. He had a poor game. So, for me as a supporter, I want Ryan Bryant to have a cracking game against Leeds. I want him to answer the critics because that lad is there for the right reasons. He wants to play well. You can see that it means something to him. So, I felt a bit sorry for him on Friday night. So, I really hope he bounces back. Um, yeah, you're right. There's people putting effort in there. I mean, you've got like some Elijah Taylor. He works his socks off. There's no doubt about that. You can tell. But there's a, there's one or two players, I think, who well, like they're coasting a bit at the moment. They're not his forwards on there are not making the metres. They're not doing what they should be doing. You know, you're looking at, at metre makers. You should be making 100 metres in a match. You look at the NRL players. They, they're doing that in a, a first half. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Our forward pack at the moment has is, is been poor. And I think that's what the, the main reason why we, we got trumped at Huddersfield because we're getting dominated by teams. Okay, I dominated the soldiers. Huddersfield, so did all. And if your pack's getting dominated, you, you can have the... You could have the Australian test back line. You're not going to do anything because you're not going to get the, the ground. You're not going to make the field position to attack. I mean, Brodie Croft, I mean, feel sorry for him. He should be on there for his attacking. He's doing that much work in defence. Teams are targeting him. OK, I'll run at him all night because they're just going to wear him out so he can't do anything. So I think there's players who've got to step up. They've really got to step up on Friday night. They've got to be smarter. They've got to work harder. They've got to defend better. They've got to be... They've got to come out in defence and, and, and show a bit of aggression. If it means giving a couple of penalties away, so be it. But let that other team know that you're there. Don't be soft in contact. Yeah, looking at the stats, uh, Parker, Alex Gerrard, 42. Andy Ackers, 44. Shane Wright, 33. James Greenwood, 44. Elijah Taylor, 35. And King Luniayawa, 31 tackles. So, forwards, definitely putting the shoulder to the uh, the wheel. Yeah, um, again, like we say every week, it, you see the same names in them, them tackle stats, which is, you know, probably probably about right. But um, they create work for themselves. That's mm. the problem. We're having to do a lot of defending because we don't keep control of the ball or 
it, I mean, like Paul said before about all them, you know, them, them extra sets we had to face. You can't do that. You're going to burn yourself out. And and defending is is the toughest thing. You know, you want the ball. You, you can, you know, you control the game. Um, we, I mean, we defended a lot of sets close to our line, and you know, credit for that. I've got no, you know, there's no problem with that. But we're just creating too much work and giving them too much ball. And if that's going to happen, they're going to score eventually. So I think I think defensively wise, I know it sounds strange when you're getting beat every week, but it's not. That's not the main bulk of the issue for me. It's what we do going forward with ball in hand. Yeah. I've got a, another, another set of stats. I expanded it a little bit this time, uh, Paul. So I've got metres and uh, carries. So the, the carries is the first number and metres will be the second number. So Alex Gerrard, 10 carries, 95 metres. Ken Co 14 carries, 209 metres. Tim Lafayette, 14 carries, 81 metres. Uh, Mark's needs six carries, 99 metres, and Akawala, 11 carries, 72 metres. So that kind of gives us more of an idea below, doesn't it? It does. And you've hit the nail on the head. The last guy that you mentioned there, Akawala, without having a go at him, he's one of the lads who needs to step up. I mean, he's, he's made nowhere near as, as many metres as you know, some of the other players there. So, he's a big man as well. So, he needs to step up and start doing a bit more, I think. I think Alex Gerrard, for me, I was very impressed with him. Yeah. I thought he did really well. Um, yeah. He's not played much this season, but he come on there and, and he worked hard. He tackled well. He, he was everywhere. He, he worked really hard and, and, and I hope he gets a, a spot against Leeds because I think he deserves it. I think he mm. deserves to, to get another game. Uh, Ken C, I mean, look at his stats mm. there. I mean, Ken C was probably the most reliable player at the club. He'd be first on the team sheet for me every week because he, he works his socks off, he's safe as houses, never really makes any mistakes. Give him a chance and he'll score. I mean, he was unlucky in that game. I think he lost his footing. Is it in the first half he broke through and he, and he sort of stumbled a bit? Mm. But he, he, again, he had, a, he had a decent game there. But no, Gerard for me, I thought he thought he worked really hard. Yeah, I thought he was one of our, our best forward, I think, Parkin. Yeah. And, that, and like I said before, Opportunity club. He's come in and took his opportunity. I think he went off. Did he go off with, a, with an headbang? I think towards the end. Is that right? If he passes that, he'd be the third, he'd be in the in the squad for for Leeds. Definitely. You you would hope so. Um, he, he was he was really good. He was one of our few players that came up for credit. I mean, Paul mentioned there, Kenny C. Oh, he's he was by far our best player without without a shadow of a doubt. And he's a winger. That's that, I think that says it all about the performance. What, what what stood out there though when you were talking about meters and carries? Hmm. How many of them were backs? Yeah, compared to the forwards. I mean, the thing is with the backs, they do get more space. Kenny Seal will make more meters because when they kick down the pitch, he gets free twenty meters to run in anyway, which no forward ever gets. But it's it's not good enough. It really isn't good enough. Our forwards need to step it up. They need to be making meters. Um. And, and, you know, I know we've said all along that, that uh, we don't have a big pack. Not all forwards are big. No. You know, and yet they, they I mean, someone like Bateman at Wigan, you know, as much as we can try and detest him or something like that, he's, he's a cracking you know, player on his day when he keeps his aggression to himself. Nothing of him. You know, but he makes metres. He makes it hard for the opposition to bring him down. He doesn't want to be tackled. Our lads seem so set on just getting down and playing the ball rather than actually making metres and then doing that. Um, 
that I mean that's that's a worry. And I, I I agree with with Paul Bakawala. He's he's not done it yet, has he? Um, I think he's more of an impact prop. If I'm honest with you, I think he's someone that comes on off the bench, has 15 minutes, and goes off. Starting the game isn't suiting him. That's where you know hopefully someone like an Alex Gerrard will come in and hopefully we'll get Greg Burt back, who's been you know solid at, at prop, even though he's he, you know we know he's not really a prop. Um, but there's a lot of work to do in that pack, a, a hell of a lot. Um, it doesn't help when, you know, I'm not having a, a, a dig at Lannan in that way, but he's spending too much time off the park, being being simbined, never mind anything else. That, we can't afford that. Um, but we don't, yeah, there, there's nothing coming. And there, there is nothing coming out wide from our players in terms of forwards. Mm. You know, like... Um, just thinking back at the top of me, like a, I mean, he's kind of a one-off, but Murdoch Masilla, when he used to run out wide and he, he dominated opposing centres and, and back rowers out there, we don't have anybody like that. Or if we do, they're not doing it. And that, that creates a lot more space for us to, to work in on the pitch. So there's a, there's a lot to do, a lot uh, to, to concentrate on. You know, like I say, another forwards aren't, aren't the biggest, but they've just got to work that little bit harder. For me, get down the If if you're going to use him to his maximum potential, Paul, you run him down that channel and run over the the, the scrum half. That's that's what he's good at. That's what he did at Warrington because at Warrington he's one of their speedier props. So if you can find an edge and get him to to run over the top of somebody, um, it's 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 good things. Yeah, he's played well. He's played a bit more central, isn't he? As a prop, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to run out wide, you're normally in the back row, aren't you? I mean, that that's where I'd have someone like James Greenwood, you know, running out wide. He's that sort of size, and and to be honest, when he first came to us, that was his his game really. I mean, you've got Shane Wright there as well, who likes to play on the edge. But for all as I, I like Shane Wright, he's not the biggest. He's not the biggest guy really, so he, you're probably going to struggle getting him through. But I agree with that, Koala. I mean, nothing against the lad, but he's a big lad, and. Um, I think he'd be better coming off the bench and, you know, sort of winding him up. And I think that's what we, every team for me needs a player like that. Someone, you, I remember, um, what's his name now? Paul Medley, he's played for Bradford. They used mm. to bring him off the bench, Bradford and Leeds. Mm. Used to bring him off the bench, he lifted the crowd, he'd take the ball and he'd take the ball in like an express train and the crowd would be on the feet. We've not got a forward like that, but that's what you need. You, you get that momentum then, don't you? And um, if someone like Akawala, that could be his game, that. I mean, Masilla used to do it. He'd come on and he'd just skittle players, wouldn't he? And, it does it lifts the crowd and you don't need to be the biggest guy for that. You just need to hit the ball at a bit of speed. Don't hit the line and boom, you're away. So uh, that that could be Akawala's game. I don't I don't think he's a starting prop really. I think I'd I'd be starting with maybe Jack Orman, Royd and and um, Alex Gerrard possibly and, and and see how that goes. King Bunny Ayo, I think he's 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 been pretty good this season yeah. as well. But he's another one, not not the biggest sort of guy, is he? But uh, he's worked pretty hard. Basically, we need like a Neil Baines Mark Five pack. That's well, where that's where we are uh, in the in the development stage I, in that particular I think player. The, the, there's a thing there with with Akawala as well, but we've we've kind of we've brought him in. Now I know he wasn't everybody's favourite, but and let Paulie Paulie go, whose job was just to come on and batter batter teams, make as many meters as you could for as long as you could. Plus he had an offload, um, and, and we've you know. We've we've kind of taken a step back in that kind of player. We haven't got that that big, even if it's a 10, 15 minute spell, someone just to come on and just just run the ball in, you know, and, and, and make meters. And that's that's something I'm sure that, you know, Paul Rowley and, and, and Bleasy and everyone are looking out for if we could get the money together mm. to bring somebody like that in. But it just seems 
I think that's what we'd signed Akawala for. And he's either not being used that way or, you know, whether he's changed his game or or whatever. Because at Warrington, I remember seeing him time after time coming on on Sky Games and knocking, you know, 10 bells out of teams, just charging in. And then he'd go off and he'd done his bit. He'd he'd done the damage. He'd tired him out of it. Um, So, you know, there's a lot to to look at. I'm sure... I'm sure Rolls is, is working hard behind the scenes to, to put it right. Big thanks for your three-word match reports of Man of the Matches. Chris and Janet Shenton need to improve. Tim Laffey, Colin Reynolds, defuse the kick, can seal. Gareth Lyons, forwards run harder. Gary Williams, drop Sneed and Briley. I think dropping Sneed and Briley, Paul, was a bit extreme at the moment, would you say? Not playing well, Rob. You need to be dropped. <laughs> so, mm. so, yeah, I, I don't know. Max Sneed... He doesn't look on his game at the moment. He's not been playing at the best. I think he got rattled a bit at Hull. Didn't play that well at Huddersfield. But you're playing behind a beaten pack at the moment. But you have got Chris Atkin there, who I feel a bit sorry for. He's been frozen out this season, really. And I'd like to see Chris come in on the, on, on the bench. I mean, Andy Eckers probably hasn't been at his best so far this season. So if you've got someone like Atkin on the bench, it might just give him a bit mm-hmm. of a kick up the backside and make him work a bit harder. But no, it might be a bit drastic. I wouldn't drop drop those two just yet. I won't drop Ryan Briley. I think what Ryan Briley needs is a, is a good confidence boost in performance. I think you drop him and, and that, to me, he's not going to help him at all at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Rick Andrews, incompetent, brainless defending. His man of the match was CO Colin Wilson, worrying reality check. John Waits, already very worrying, CO. Um, Mark, game of two halves. Dave Hall, yet big forwards. James Hoskinson, first half shambles. Sam Richmond, forwards are suffering. Croft. Richard Martin, another horror show. Jim, uh, in trouble. Paul, nothing like an opener. Nothing like Castleford. Mark Taylor, not good enough. And finally, Arthur Bollard, feeble first half. So... Fans obviously not not so happy with that performance. I, I spoke to uh, the Ackers after the game. This is what he had to say. So I'm joined by Andy Ackers. Defeat tonight. What's your thought process on it? Um, we're still in. Obviously, in, it's a new team from last year. Completely new system, new coach. Um, we got off with a good start in Castleford and Toulouse. And, uh, we're, seeing posit- we're still seeing positive things now, you know. We just we just need to clean a few things up in our attack. Adi, Adi's way off at the moment. Um, we know what that is. It's just an attitude thing, but yeah, it's just not good enough tonight. And show sure, quick turnaround now with fr- on Friday against Leeds, and I'm sure we're going to put things right. Yeah, obviously, t- sort of a tale of two halves, really. First half, you know, a lot of defence. Second half, played some good rugby, but just not enough uh, to close the gap. Yeah, we just, we, what we're doing at the moment, we're, we're killing ourselves at the moment. We're, we're getting we're getting good field position and we're turning it over. And our discipline is just way off at the moment. I don't know, I don't know if, if it's we're just adjusting to the new the new rules, the six agains. I don't know, but it's just our discipline is just way off at the moment. We're defending pretty soft and we know we know we know what we need to fix up. And it's just like I say, it's just an attitude thing. You think it's not sort of understanding the rules, or do you think it's just the overzealousness of the referee to give it? I don't know. I think when things are just too quick, I think we've just got to be in control of ourselves and, and work as more as a team rather than jumping off or holding on and we're doing our own thing, you know. See you, mate. Um, and I, I, it, it, I don't know. We just we need to work more together as a team, to be honest with you. And um, Like I said, we're in a new system, on a new coach, which we've all bought into. We've had a great pre-season, great start to the season. Like we said, we're two from five. You know, We're not, we're not worrying, no need to worry. 
Um, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it up in training. It's just like I said, it's just an attitude thing in defence. Yeah, Leeds next week. Like you said, opportunity to bounce back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We obviously we'll, we'll 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 address Leeds on Monday when we're back in. We'll do our um, review on OKR. Look at the things what we need to fix up. Um, I'm sure we'll fix them things up Friday night. Cheers, Andy. Good luck. Thank you. Cheers. That was Andy Ackers. Paul talking to me after the game, and he he obviously sort of. Um, Sort of confirm the fact that sort of they need to start working hard and, and get the, them, themselves uh, right, um, you know, going forward. Yeah, I was stood near you when you interviewed Andy Akers and you know the body language of him was very disappointed, wasn't he? And and you can see why. You can see why that the, the players do look look down, they look low on confidence, and and yeah, I don't I don't know what the answer is at the moment. I don't I don't at all. You know, you could be the, the million dollar man, couldn't you, but and not come up with the answer. So I don't know. I think something needs to change. And um, it's a bit worrying. I mean, I spoke to a few people over the weekend and a few people said to me, oh, they're going to be in a bit of a dogfight and the bookies aren't wrong and they've got you down there and all that. And started thinking, thinking, blimey, yeah, if Toulouse start winning and we, <laughs> we could be in trouble. But then, you know, it's still only early days. I'm not, I'm not one of these people that panics just yet, but... I was I come away from the game on Friday night and thought, blimey, you know this could be a serious threat. This because we didn't we didn't look good at all really, and we sort of unravelled against Hull and Huddersfield. So yeah, so I, you know if we lose our next couple of games, I might start panicking a little bit. But but no, I'm just hoping we can turn things around. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the positives. Uh, Parker, the ladies were in League Cup action uh, last weekend at Silver City Roosters. They beat Wigan St. Pat's 42-0. Fantastic result uh, for Chris Bates' ladies and uh, confidence going forward. Yeah, it's funny. We, we mentioned last week, didn't we? We were talking about every time you play a team from Wigan, you're going to be up against it. It doesn't matter who they are. Um, and looking at the scoreline, it doesn't look that's the case. Um, it's like our girls basically blew them away. Um, I, I did, I, I did aim to be there, but wasn't. I'm not going into details, but I didn't make it. Um, but from from what I've what I saw on Twitter, you know, people sort of uh, making their, their thoughts uh, clear, and it, it looks like uh, we've got a really good set of girls. Here. It looks like we've got a really good team, and and that's a fantastic result, really is in in you know in a in a proper competitive match. That's uh, that's phenomenal, really, and, and well done to them. Yeah, hat-trick from Lucy McKeown, two tries from Lauren Ellison, one from Steph Gray, one from Hannah Wicks, one from Louise Fellingham, five goals from seven attempts from Demi Jones, Paul. And Demi Jones was uh, was the catalyst for everything, both with ball in hand and uh, with a kick in. Uh, certainly has a sort of relationship uh, with Louise Fellingham that's obviously creating chances for the outside backs. Yeah, this was another great result, wasn't it? A, re- a real great result. And uh, it just keeps surprising me. I keep thinking, oh, blimey, we might get a tougher test. But no, just blasting teams out of the way. But yeah, the, the team spirit seems absolutely fantastic, doesn't it? You know, you see them singing the victory song. And these relationships and, and partnerships are, are growing week on week, aren't they? And they're only going to get better, you would think, the, the more games that the ladies play. So uh, yeah, while the, the, the blokes are struggling a bit at the moment, I think the, the ladies have been a fantastic story, haven't they, this season? <coughs> Another great victory. Yeah, I spoke to head coach Chris Bates, and this is what you had to say. Coach's Corner. 
right, Chris, congratulations on your first competitive victory as Salford Red Devils ladies coach. Uh, talk us through it. Yeah, thanks ever so much. Um, de- delighted, really. We didn't know what to expect from, from Wigan St. Pats. Um, we became kind of really physical and, and really big in their in the middles and, and that was something that we'd worked really hard on. So um, I suppose played into our hands a little bit in that, um, you know, we worked really hard on, on bodies in front and making sure that our working contact was scored. I, I felt like that took the sting out of them a little bit um, and, and really in, in allowed us to limit their metres and, and then we ended up kind of finding ourselves in decent field position. And, and we, what we've asked the girls to do when, when we're in that position is that we play with our heads up and we play what we see. Um, and, and and we did that really well with, with kind of Demi chipping over a couple of times for, for Lauren Ellison and Steph to score and, um, and, and I, I was really pleased with that. That's exactly what we asked them to do. Yeah, you play, a, obviously, a very expansive uh, game. Is that, is that kind of a, the philosophy sort of in this game and going forward? Yeah, absolutely that. So um, we want to give the girls a, a, a base, really, to fall back on. So when it's all going to pop, then, you know, we set to a post, we play through our structures. and um, but, but when it's going well and when we're playing well and we've got good field position and... Uh, we want to test and probe the opposition. We want to find their weaknesses and we want to give the, the girls the skills really to, to unlock those defences that, that are kind of like that. Um, and, and really, that's paid dividends for us. If you look at the Wigan game, we, we got very little joy through the middle. Uh, our tries came came wider. Um, when you look at the Swinton game, exactly the opposite. We, and and that's, that's really what we want the players to do. We want them to be able to identify space and exploit it. As simple as that, really. Yeah. Di Jones was incredible with uh, the ball in her hand and the boot as well. Her partnership with Captain Louise Fellingham is really uh, blossoming. Yeah, we've worked really hard with with, with Demi and, and with Louise in, in, in their halves. We, we play with split halves, um, but they do occasionally link up as well and their relationship's blossoming. I mean, with Demi in particular, she's a really natural rugby league player. She played the game for a long time. Um, coming to us from Witness and and she reads a game well and, and a kicking game to, to be honest with you is outstanding. So we scored three from from her boot really. Um, one when she realised that, that the fullback wasn't at home off a scrum, so she put the ball downfield, made sure that players around her knew and 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 off the likes of Steph and Lauren and and Lucy went and from there they're just not going to be caught and that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, there's a weakness in the opposition and I know I can exploit it. That's exactly what we want to see and play. If, if that ball's turned over and we don't score off that play, we're not stood on the sideline going mad. We we want them to to play what they see and we, we really try and encourage that. And, and Demi, to be fair, is key to it. Lobby's slightly different, Louise, um, in, in that she gives us a real structure. Um, and when you talk to her, she's like a sponge. She wants to learn as much as she possibly can about the game. And if you follow her on Twitter, then you'll see that you know every night, every night, effect, she says that it's only Thursday nights that are rugby league nights in her house, but it's on telly Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so I kind of wonder which aren't rugby league nights, and <laughs> she gives us a, a structure and a, and a and a platform to 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 really kind of play and 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 the two of them complement each other really nicely. We're we're going great guns with those at six and seven. Yeah, uh, Lauren Ellison with two tries, a hat trick from Lucy McKeown shows you have two wonderful finishes in your back division. Yeah, um, I, I think there's a few. You know, I think I think in in Lauren. We, we've we've certainly uncovered a, a, a fantastic player. Um, so Kent was very little War- uh, sorry, very little rugby league experience. Played a little bit of Warrington reserves last year. Lucy, no rugby league experience. She's come to us from from rugby union. Um, but then you had Steph Gray into the mix. Then you had Jenna Monks into the mix, and you've got players across the park there who 
who ultimately, if we put them in space, will finish. Um, and, and I think that's what we're seeing, really, with the, the number of points we're scoring. So really, really pleased to see that. Um, being able to find one touchline and then the other and not really having a dominant side. And um, yeah, really pleased with how, how, how they're playing. Yeah, and obviously be able to move the ball about. Your, your forwards built a good platform uh, and that makes uh, the stuff off the back of it much easier. Yeah, I, I think that was absolutely key. So if we'd have let them get a roll on in the middle, then we'd have been nowhere near their line and we wouldn't have had those opportunities to score points. Um, so we, our pre-match kind of chat was about playing with intensity and, and and earning the right, really, to play that expansive brand that we want to. Um, and, and that comes from your, your middle core, your 13-9 and your, your two props. And, you know, it, with with Taz at nine, she's fierce, defends really well, defends well above her weight. Um, you've got Megan Conliffe in there, who really is a grafter. Her numbers are really good every week and, and she's she's flourishing in the kind of system that we're looking to play. And um, We went with Casey this week at starting at prop, who put in a real stint and, and, and really has got a presence about her. Um, and then Nessa at, at loose forward, who, who, who again works hard, and Nessa's kind of tasked with making sure that she holds the standards in the middle. Um, and, and fundamentally, you see that if you were at the game on Sunday, then you you see that kind of manifest itself in our field position. So if if they're on a roll, we're going to be defending our line really an awful lot more than we we actually had to, and it's a credit to them for. And then with the likes of Darcy coming off the bench, and it must be relentless to play against us at the minute. We're playing with with real energy and, and and looking to dominate the middle and then play off the back of it. It's not it's not rocket science this stuff, but we're executing it well. And you know, for, for myself and Chris and Matt and Dawn as coaches, it's fantastic to see really. Yeah, uh, to nil at Wigan shows your girls have a real hunger uh, for defence. Yeah, um do you know what? There was there was a minute in that game when so they kicked off to us after we'd scored. Um and it co- copped a bit of a lucky bounce, really, and it, it jumps over the winger and and rolls out on the ten, and all of a sudden they've got the, their first kind of good ball set, really. Mm. Um, and, and I watched them ramp up, and, and I was delighted with it because a lesser side with with lower standards or a, a kind of a lesser group would would perhaps slacken off a little um, and think, well, do you know what? If we can see the game's won, we're forty up. It is what it is. But they didn't. They ramped up, um, and our line speed went up a notch and. And we, we got in the faces and they, and they didn't score on that set. And and if I'm honest, of all, again, I was delighted with that because that's a real kind of test of character. Um, so, yeah, I, we, I'm really pleased to see that all the talk around taking pride in our line and making sure that we're clinical and that we, we kind of hold our standards throughout, a, you know, 80 minutes and in training is kind of seems to be paying off, really. Any injuries to report? Yeah, um, a couple, really. So, um Played with with Erin at fullback um, for the first three games. Unfortunately, she picked up what we think is a, a strained MCL. So you know, Rob, you and I have talked off off air about the support that the club have given us. Um, and we've got a dedicated physio for the team, and and so Erin will be assessed by Beth, and then we'll kind of figure out what we do from there. Um, and Steph picked up a bit of a shoulder knock, um, so we're kind of looking after looking after Steph as best we can. Um, and then equally, we've got Laura Bent as well, who didn't play on the weekend. So we took the chance to rest Laura um, because she's played a full season of rugby union um, and then a full season of rugby league before that. So she's kind of 18 months, two years into playing games pretty much every week. So, you know, carrying a knock on a hip flexor, carrying a knock on a wrist. Um, so we're just kind of trying to take the chance to look after Laura and make sure that, you know, we put her back in when she's when she's fit, really. And um 
rather than just trying to kind of manage her through games. We're not we're not at that stage of the season where we need to do that really. So trying to put put our players first. And I, I'll give um, Don big raps for that really. So Don's one of the assistant coaches and he's all about player welfare. Um, so we pulled Steph off straight away when we noticed that she'd picked up a shoulder knock because you know forty points up. Why risk her? We've already talked on this about how important she is. Um, and the same with Benty, really, just trying to make sure that we, we do the right thing by the player and, and, and really get them back fit and firing and, and really contributing to the side. Is that one of the biggest challenges you, f- you face as a coach managing uh, the, the players sort of physically through the season, do you think? Do you know what? Physically and, and, and mentally, to be honest. Um, so I coached the side prior to lockdown and obviously I've, I've just started working with, with these now and um, I do honestly think there's an impact there in, in you know, it doesn't seem to take much to rock a side's confidence nowadays. And so, you know, if Benty's carrying a, let, let's use her as an example, if Benty's carrying a hip flexor and a wrist and goes into a collision and doesn't quite win that collision and then her confidence drops quickly on the back of it because, you know, it doesn't feel like she's done as good a job as she might have done if she was firing all cylinders. I think we've got a duty to occur there to, to really try and, you know, get Benty back kind of loving her rugby really. And, um, and, and she was, ultimately seething with me when I when I told her she was being rested on Sunday but I like to think that she kind of understands all the reasons for that and and that we've got to try and make sure that these girls are fit to do a job through the entire season um and there'll be some players for for some games and and some players for others and you know it really is a squad game nowadays Uh, even even when everybody's fit and firing you, you can't expect with the you know I've talked about us defending with intensity and ramping up when we need to you've you've got to manage players fitness levels through a game as well so you know, we haven't got any props at the minute that are playing 80 minutes even Nessa's coming off and being spelled because we ask them to give us everything for 20-30 minutes to a really high standard all the time we can't really expect players to to do that for 80 we'll either see standards drop or we'll see them pick injuries up as they push the bodies harder so that, that's 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 our job really on the sidelines spot those things and to make sure that that we make the right decisions at the right time to let the side hold the standards up that, that we want them to. Yeah, there's real excitement uh, for the ladies uh, team on on the terrace. Obviously, you know we're looking forward to the season. Is is the one of the biggest challenges? Is it keeping the girls kind of grounded and focused and not getting caught up in the the circus of of, of the media getting behind them and and, and you know building the profile? it's <laughs> a great question um yeah it, it absolutely is i think um you know the noise on the back of the swinton game was was unbelievable um f- to, to level with you flicking through twitter and 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 looking at the kind of stuff that Salford fans were saying about us and and how we kind of you know i saw plenty of i've never watched a women's game before and and i, and I can't believe how they played and if i'm honest that's the boat that, that i'm in i came from the men's game so i completely understand that um it's been unbelievable to see um, when we played Wigan, there must have been two or three hundred people there, and the girls take loads from it. Um, they, they, they must think they're dreaming. You know, they've got a club that's wholeheartedly committed to them and a fan base that seems to have adopted them. Um, our job as coach, unfortunately, is to kind of, um, no pun intended, play devil's advocate. Um, yeah. But um, we've got to kind of, um, we've got to make sure that that we hold those standards all the time. So. Let's face it, if we go on now and we slacken off and we think we're kind of bigger than, than ultimately what we are, we've won, well, what we've we've kind of won two friendlies, won one competitive game, lost one friendly. In six months' time, nobody's going to remember who we are if we lose every game from here on in. We don't win a league game and, and don't get any further in the cup. You know, we'll have wasted all the hard work that those girls have put in since 
well, what, November, um, October. So we've got to keep going. And and every every kind of game, we you know you hear it all the time, don't you? Take it one game at a time, etc. But all we're really doing at the minute is just moving the bar up a little bit and moving our standards up a little bit and saying, well, you know, against Wigan, we, we conceded some soft points and that cost us a game that we were really disappointed to lose. So let's work on our, on our kind of defensive structures and our standards and, and what we expect out of out of contact and, and, and how we go about winning the floor. And then against Wakefield, we faced into a, a you know, a, a bigger side that came full strength that tested us down the middle and we, and we did well with that. So that moves the standard up a little bit. So now we can't afford to let that, let us kind of drop below that. You then look at the, the journey we're on and you look at what we did against Pats. Well, actually, we, we played what we saw really well. So that moves that bar up a little bit. And now we can't afford to let ourselves drop below it. And the, the challenge for us is to keep reminding the girls that this stuff's come through hard work. And, and we've got to continue, you know, got to keep our heads down and we've got to keep working to make sure that we progress again next week. Because, you know, this is this is kind of the, the beginning of something. You know, us, us kind of doing well in three friendly is better than we expected. Um, and then turning over some pats on the weekend isn't isn't you know that's not our grand final. We want our grand final to be you know around May when the when the league cup plays out, and then we want our grand final to be at the end of the season once we've completed the championship season. But in order to do that, we've got to stay grounded. We can't believe our, the the kind of hype that's around us as fantastic as it is to see, um, and we've got to keep working hard. Yeah. Next game is a witness at home. So the City Roosters on Sunday. Witness are a very good side. Uh, finished third in the in the championship last season. Be a real test uh, for, for your ladies. Yeah, um, absolutely. So um, we've taken a, a number of players from Witness in the in the in the last few months. Um, you know, Casey, Demi, Liv, Taz, to na- to name a few. So we're expecting them to be really up for this and and. Um, I know they lost against Warrington last week, but I think we're expecting a full strength witness side to really come fired up and and really gunning for us for a couple of reasons. Um, one of those being the the kind of noise around us that we talked about in the last question, and the second being that we've got some players who did very well with them last year. Um, so I, we we've got to make sure that we're on it this week, and we you know really looking forward to them coming and testing us and seeing how we measure up to it. Brilliant, brilliant, Chris. Good luck. Thanks very much. So that was Chris Bates talking to myself, uh, Paul, and obviously he was beaming with pride that his uh, his ladies are uh, are sort of working hard, but he wants to keep them grounded so they can uh, keep moving forward. Yeah, I think that's that's the mark of a good coach, Rob. You don't want the, them to uh, start believing their own hype. They've got a lot of work to do and, and things like that. But you've just got to take each game as it comes. I mean, you like they're doing and, and just knocking teams off, working hard in training. You know, I've, I've heard some stories of a few people have been to the, the training session. I think it was Matt Carr I was talking to and he said they were working really, really hard and, you know, they're doing some good stuff there and, you know, keeping the fitness levels are, are good. And um, and yeah, it's it's great to see. It's been a good good story all season, and you know Chris has got the team playing really really well. And let's hope they can just keep getting better. We keep, we mentioned it last week, didn't we, about the season they're going to be in the championship next year, and it's going to be tough week in week out. Well, they, they're proving they can do it because you know they're backing up week in week out. They've got another game coming up this weekend, so uh, so yeah, good times are rolling. Yeah, stats Parker, uh, top carrier Megan Cunliffe, uh, Lucy McKeown. Megan did 11 carries, Lucy McKeown did 10, uh, Victoria Kinney with 7 and Steph Gray with 7. Uh, shows that obviously they had a lot of uh, lot of ball. I think Wigan only completed yeah. 7 sets in the whole whole game. It shows how ferocious our defence uh, is, obviously causing them uh, to, to cough up ball. 
Yeah, I think whatever they're doing, they need to they need to pass on to the men's team. Um, that, that, that's but to, to to limit a team to that much, you know, that much ball is mm. is. I mean, you look at the result and you go, there must be something, you know, they must have had we must have had plenty of the the, the ball and territory and everything else. But you got you got to make that happen. Um, but like Paul's just said, that that spirit seems to be something else that's there. You can you know you can have all the best players in the world. But if you don't get on, sometimes it's just, you know, it, it probably won't work. Um, but like you say, seeing them with a victory song again and that kind of thing, uh, it, it kind of it, it fills you with encouragement that this this isn't, you know, this isn't just a bit of beginner's luck. This this is a good team. And, uh, you know, moving forward, and then, like Paul said again, into next year when, when the league season actually kicks off, he's going to put us in good stead. But... These, you know, these girls are, are working hard, and they look, but they look like they're enjoying it, and that's, you know, that makes a big difference to how you go out and perform on on, on a match day, and uh, so yeah, so hopefully I'll get down to watch them eventually, um, and, and soon hopefully, and uh, I hope more do. And like we said last week, let's, you know, if they keep going on like this, we've got to get them back at the AJ Bell, but you know, let's showcase this talent. Yeah, top tacklers. Uh, Paul Kalish Bradshaw with 17, Steph Gray with 15, uh, Victoria Kinney with 14, and Vanessa Hadley with 14. Looking obviously at, at the both uh, statistics, Steph Gray and ben, uh, Victoria Kimmy both featuring in both with, with the carries and the tackles. I know Steph Gray is a centre, she's come from Warrington, um, she is uh, you know a real player, pace to burn, uh, and she's got Laura. Ellison on a on a wing and and she was uh, got a couple of tries uh, you know against Wigan so you, you're looking at you're looking at Steph to be to be a you know real uh, player uh, this season as well as uh, Victoria Kinney who's a, a mainstay of that pack uh, they're looking for big things for her as well this season yeah I'll be really honest guys when when this was first touted and, and we played Swinton like before the Swinton game. I didn't expect us to win it I thought God they just they just put this team together and they're going to take them a long time to to sort of uh, get a victory and then they beat Swinton. I thought, well, we'll have to see how they go on now. But they keep surprising me every week how, how good the, the side actually is. So uh, the, these ladies, they're experienced, aren't they? They've got in this side and they're passing that on and that knowledge on to some of the players who are not so experienced. So I think they've got a nice blend there, a nice blend of sort of youth and experience in the team, players that have been around a bit as well. And they do the, the team spirit and the sort of camaraderie that they've got it just seems to be rubbing off and everybody at the ladies team so uh, so yeah they've got a nice blend there and they've got some real talent and the, the sky's the limit it really is you look at the exposure that the ladies games get at the moment particularly on the television you know with the, the ladies super league and things like that you know it's, it's getting a lot of exposure and it's, it's it's going right up there so if we can if we can get into that super league and, and, and push our club forward there I'd love that to have double headers every week, you know, the men's and the ladies on the same ground. I think it'd be absolutely awesome. So, uh, so yeah, it's definitely, um, I keep saying it, a good news story. Yeah, great stuff uh, for the ladies. They're in action against uh, Widness in the second game of the League Cup. We'll talk about that uh, later in the show. So, before we have the all the big news coming from the club, here's a little advert from Salford City Radio about their recent crowdfunder that they've launched to try and keep the station online. Salford City Radio is your not-for-profit community station. Giving opportunities through volunteering and enabling the Salford community to learn new skills and increase the potential of gaining paid employment. We are proud to have served our Salford community for nearly 15 years, providing a platform 
and voice for community and charitable organisations, local businesses, schools, local theatres, artists, musicians from Salford and further afield. For many of our volunteers, Salford City Radio provides a lifeline. As we apply to renew our licence for the next five years, we need financial support to assist with the cost of licence fees and running costs so that we can continue to help keep your community resource open. Providing opportunities for everyone both now and in the future. We ask you to help us if you're able by making a donation to our crowdfunder appeal. As a thank you for your kind donation, you'll be rewarded by opportunities to get a shout-out on air, to be a guest on air, or maybe even present your own show. Find out how you can help your community station now by visiting crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash salford-city-radio. If you can't help by making a donation, you can still be a big help by sharing our message with your friends and family. Your support is very much appreciated. Thank you. Salford City Radio. Your city. Your city. Your station. Your station. So that's a little uh, advert from Salford City Radio. And here is all the big news coming out of the club this week. So, Parky, we'll start with uh, the third kit has been uh, mm-hmm. announced. Mm-hmm. Um, we know how much you like mer- merchandise. What's your What's your take on it? It's definitely divided opinion, hasn't it? Um, the first time I saw it, I was I was really impressed. I thought, the, the, you know, the concept. I mean, the launch of it, the video was was brilliant, uh, very very slick, very professional. Uh, and obviously, the, the, it's got the iconic, you know, buildings of of our skyline in in the city, and that's great to see. Um, uh, blue. And uh, I know we have a lot of away kits that are blue. I'm not, I'm not a massive fan uh, of of blue, but I can I can I can ride with that. Um, but it's kind of in homage to our main sponsor, isn't it, Selco, whose whose colours are blue and yellow, and it does come across a little bit Leeds-ish. Um, but I actually really like it. Um, like I say, as divided opinion, but it's. Uh, you know, it's a one-off shirt. You know, if you don't like it, don't don't buy it, don't wear it. But it's um, no, I think it's I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good, a, a decent concept, and uh, hopefully, I mean, it looks like from what I've seen on Twitter, plenty of people have gone out and bought it. So um, yeah, I, I, you know, we, we you've got to bring something out. And you're never going to please everybody. I know that. You know, I I've complained about shirts for for years about design and whatever else, but. Um, I think these guys are doing a pretty good job, and it's uh, you know it's good to see. And it is like I say with all them landmarks on it. I don't really know what else we you can do. I think it's really good. I like it, me. I think it's great. I think the Selco sponsor being sort of in the shirt rather than sort of a block on top of it is mm. is, is very good as well. Kind of adds to the shirt for me. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm impressed. Uh, great shirt. What about you, Paul? Not bothered, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought it looked all right. Yes, yeah, I heard a few people say it looked a bit like Leeds, and oh, Leeds is like blue and amber, really, isn't it? So, um, so no, I thought I thought it looked okay. Not not too bad for me. I'm just gonna have to do a shift my head down here because my battery's going. Sorry, lads. <laughs> Should have charged me an iPad, shouldn't I? Goodbye, <clears> I'll make a note yeah. back here. One what? one for you, one what? for me, and uh, Paul's not bothered either way. 
I'll yeah. sit on well, the the, the one thing I will say is that it, it does look Leedsish, but actually it's more blue and white with a bit of red. The yellow is only the sponsor. There isn't actually yellow in the kit. So as much as it looks a bit Leedsish, it's only because of the sponsor. It's nothing, you know, they've not gone all out and said, we'll go, you know, we'll go Leeds or we'll go Wire or something like that. It's, um, it, it is what it is. And like you say, like Paul said, I mean, it's the end of the day, it's just another kit, isn't it? But um, yeah. If it sells well, the club will get a bit of money out of it. That's, so, it. that's, the, that's the most important thing. Crossed. That's the most important thing. Obviously, VX3 uh, producing some fine uh, kits. I know they've, they have like a training kit. I think there was a training kit offer. Was that right, Parker, that, this week? The, yeah. If you, if you, well, if you buy the, the shirt, you get a free T-shirt. And I'll be honest with you, the T-shirt's really smart as well. <laughs> so... You can't, you can't lose. It's, you know, I mean, I think if you go out and try and buy the t-shirt, it'll probably cost you about twenty-five quid. Huh. So it's half the shirt. Yeah, great, great idea, really good. And again, they've done, you know, before haven't they? When uh, early in the season, when I managed to get me uh, me woolly out in the end, yep. you know, they, they were give, they were doing it. If you bought something, you got some, you know. And I said, then I hope they do a few more offers. Well, clearly they are. So um, yeah, no, I hope uh, I hope people do go out and buy it and. Uh, and put a bit of money in the club's coffers. Do you know what would go well with that woolly hat, Parker? Two new shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you tell the wife. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's that. So other news, Supporters Trust are having a questions and answers evening at the Dog and Parties on the 22nd of March, which is a Tuesday. Both men and ladies players will be there. Paul, looking forward to it. It's going to be a good night, that. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Dog and Partridge, yeah, it's a good pub, Dog, Dog and Partridge, Dennis does a good job down there, nice pint, so uh, I'll be doing my best to get down there, work permitting, depending where uh, Mr Baxi has me on that day, because they tend to send me all over the show, but uh, I'll do my best to get down there, it should be good, I think it's Brodie Croft, Sam Luckley, and is it Shane Wright as well? Yeah, I've got a list here, I've got a list, Sam Luckley, Shane Wright, Brodie Croft, and then for the ladies, Megan Con- Condolithi, Gabby Chaplin and Hannah Walker. So I think it'd be great, obviously, Parker, to, for, to obviously meet some of the ladies and to obviously see the players. Well, with the pandemic that's gone on, um, we've mm. not been having much contact with players, have we? So it'd be great to, to get uh, down there and, and, and support them. Well, I think it's that's the kind of thing we've we've missed probably since we moved to the AJ Bell, if I'm honest with you. Um, that interaction with, with players. Um, so it's really good. And it, Especially for the two Aussie guys, and Sam, obviously coming down from the northeast, but he, you know he's obviously he's a bit more used to England than uh, than the other two. Um, and it'd be nice, you know, to, to see how they've settled in and uh, you know make them feel you know part of the family um, and uh, and find out their thoughts on you know on the early start to the season. And obviously the ladies, you know, let's let's find out more about them. We 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 still don't know enough about these girls. Um, so yeah, no, it should be it should be a decent night. Is that, is that this Tuesday? Is it? Is it twenty second of March, in, Tuesday? Next Tuesday. PM next for a Tuesday. Start, yeah. three, three pound entrance fee, and there's a raffle on the night with great prizes. So it'll be opportunity Good. for fans to go down, put a few pennies in the supporters trust uh, kitty, and uh, hopefully have another great night. Could uh, could clash with the uh, recording of a podcast. You never know. Possible. Might have to. So I have to look into that. Yeah, might have to. When do we play the week after, Paul? Uh, Friday. We're getting the cup. 
It could be Monday, Wednesday. Wednesday. Possibly. Yeah. Conversation we can have off air, not the conversation yeah. we can have. <laughs> what do you think, we'll listeners? Let's, sure let's we'll know what day you think we should record Monday or Wednesday. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, other news. Um, Challenge Cup uh, was drawn this week. Salford are away at Wigan. Not a fantastic result there, Parky, but I did see a stat uh, provided by Paul for Blair Hume, and he mm-hmm. said that in the Challenge Cup we're tied uh, when it comes to winning right. games. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, I've not seen that particular thing, but I think, yeah, I think it's six each. I think back to me on six each. Yeah, so um, yeah, we've had some great cup ties against the generally away from home. I don't think we get that much luck, do we? Um, but the, the trouble is at the moment, if we play like we did on Friday, it doesn't matter who we got in the cup; we'd have really struggled. You know, I wouldn't have fancy going away to Featherstone, to be honest with you, if that would have been part of the draw. So, who knows? We've got another week to, to get our, you know, ideas. A win against Leeds could, could you know, give us a decent boost. And, you know, before the season, I know a lot of the time under Ian Watson, they talked about Wembley being, or, well, not Wembley this year, but Tottenham, you know, the cup final being, what our, our chance, because realistically, we're not set to win the Super League, are we? That's, you know, over a season, we're probably not... Are geared for that, but the cup you only have to win a couple of games, you can be in the final. So, you know, hopefully, these players have, have looked at it and targeted it. And, and you know, let, let's go to Wigan without fear. It's, it is a cup game, you know, if we get knocked out, we get knocked out. It's not, not going to affect us, you know, league wise and getting relegated. Just give it one, you know, a big shot and see where we get. Yeah, I've had a couple of rearranged fixtures. Wakefield away now is Sunday the 3rd of April and Castleford at home is now Friday the 20th of May. Um, obviously, club gives us notice, Paul, which is good. Obviously, trying to sort of shift uh, work patterns around and that to get you to games. I suppose a lot of people with uh, with these tickets probably aren't very happy about the Wake- uh, Castleford one being changed. But I suppose Wakefield now a Sunday. Decent day out, Wakefield, if you can know where to go. It's better than going on a Friday night to wait for it on the M62 because it's an absolute mm. nightmare in the 62. And for, for me personally, working at nights, usually finish your last job and then get your sat and have on to where, to where you go and race up the motorway. So it's better for me on a Sunday because it's my day off. So, uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, Sunday's a better day, I think. The, the cast game's gone from Sunday to Friday. So I don't I feel a bit sorry for the club there because they might have been targeting that game as a you know a bit of an event day you know on a Sunday getting a good crowd down there's so been moved to, to Friday but it's on Sky isn't it that game and it it works a bit better for me really because we're going on holiday on the Saturday so uh, <laughs> for a few days and I was going to go to the to match on the Sunday and be a day late for my holiday but now I don't have to do now so uh, I can <laughs> go with the family yeah. so, so that's got me out of the doghouse a bit so uh, so yeah the fixtures change around a lot don't they this time of year I think for Sky and things like that they, they pick what games they want to have on but, uh, but yeah I'm sure it won't be too bad yeah sad news has, has come to us Parking Langworthy Reds clubhouse was vandalised over the week terrible uh, stuff uh, going on there windows broken and things like that I've seen it all on, all on Twitter it's a great club um, and I'm hoping obviously you know people can rally round the club and sort of help them get back uh, to, to uh, you know a good standard in that clubhouse obviously you know it's it's terrible mm. and we're hoping that the, the vandals are caught and punished well it's embarrassing absolutely it's got, I mean you know Happens every day, doesn't it? But it's—I mean—the the work that that Langworthy do, you know, for the community, you know, bringing the kids from off the streets to give them something to do. You know, they, they 
a great a great community club. Some really really good people involved with that club. Really nice, prop you know proper Salford people, and they they don't deserve that. You know, it's it's just it's disgusting, and I, I, I hope you know I hope people can can help out and get you know get it all sorted. But um, no, I, I, your heart goes out, doesn't it? Because these people are giving up the time to help others, really. You know, to give us all something to do, and even if, you know you go and watch them, you get the entertainment and that sort of thing, and then you just get idiots who. You know, I did. They're not really worth the oxygen, are they? But um, no, shocking news. And uh, you know, I hope everything gets fixed, and uh, you know, the club can can keep going from strength to strength. Yeah, I played for Langworthy third team about fifteen years ago, so they are my sort of my team. wasn't very good, but they, they, they kind of humoured me for, for for a couple of seasons. <laughs> and um, yeah, they've they've set up a a GoFundMe page, Paul. Uh, to to help raise funds, and we're hoping, obviously, the the people of Salford can uh, can help them uh, get their club back into ship shape form. Yeah, I'm sure they will do. Yeah, it's just not. It's just one of them things you don't need, isn't it? Really, I mean, without being without swearing and going on it, sometimes I think it's society, isn't it? I think society is just just full of numpties these days, isn't it? Nobody seems to have any patience or time for people and you don't have the, the sort of goodwill anymore with a lot of people. I, I don't know. I don't know where people are coming from. I really don't. It brasses me off big time. Yeah. Uh, other sad news, Parker, uh, Salford, an ex-old player, David Stevenson, passed away uh, today. Uh, you, you've obviously, you saw him play. Uh, give us uh, give us your memories of him. Yeah, he's good, good player, good centre, Dave Stevenson. Um, one of my, again, early, early kind of memories, early heroes, if you like, at that, that time. Sort of. I know he came late 70s, I remember him in the early 80s. Um, a really talented player and, you know, another one that was, was stolen from us. Uh, went off to, to Wigan, didn't he? Um, you know, at that time, the likes of him and Colin Whitfield were in the team. Paul Fletcher was coming through. We started to sort of look like we were, we were building something, but uh, very, very, very sad news. Um, it, you know, I remember him coming back as well in the, uh, I think it was 1991, uh, the second division season, whatever it was. Uh, I remember him turning up at a training session one night and uh, I sort of looked and I was thinking, I, I know him, I know his face from somewhere. And then it sort of dawned on me and I thought, oh, he's back, you know, and it, to, to me, even though it was kind of best part of ten years later, if you like, it did. It seemed like, wow, well, we've got a, you know got one of our best back, um, and he didn't stay for much longer after that. But uh, you know, such a shame, and uh, you know, thoughts go to his family, and uh, you know, re- you know, rest in peace, peace, Dave. Yeah, ninety-eight appearances, Paul, thirty-seven tries, two goals. Uh, obviously, our, our thoughts are with his family and friends at this sad time. Yeah, he's another player that my dad used to talk loads about. And I remember him telling me a little story about uh, David Stevenson. Apparently, I think this is true, he put off his engagement, getting engaged in the 1978-79 season to get married until Salford won a game. And they went ages without winning a match. So uh, that's one of the stories he told me about David Stevenson. But yeah, one of my dad's favourites. And I remember him saying how disappointed he was when he left to go to Wiggins. Mm-hmm. I think Colin Whitfield went with him. And mm-hmm. another one of my dad's favourites, Paul O'Neill, went not long after that. Wiggins seemed to steal loads of players off around that time. And Parky just mentioned Paul Fletcher there. He went to old, didn't he? So if you, I think if you go back and look at that side, early 80s, if we could have kept all those players, 
Mal Yates was another one as well. There's some cracking players in that in that mm-hmm. team. They could they could have been like a, a real solid team in the in the eighties. But no, um, David Stevenson, very very talented player. And I think if you ask any Wigan supporter, you know what he did mm-hmm. for Wigan. He won a lot of trophies there when he went to Wigan. Afterwards. I think he was there for mm-hmm. for a long time, wasn't he? Uh, about nine ten years at Wigan. So um, so yeah, you know he wasn't that old. I think the same age as my dad. So what sixty three something like that. So it's it's nothing. It's real real sad. Shocking news that really tonight. Really sad. I thought we were going to say proposed in one one decade, got married in the other. That's the kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's what I thought you were going to say. Uh, other other sad news finally that reached us. Um, David Hadfield, uh, a respected rugby league journalist, has, has passed away. Uh, Paul, he's uh, obviously a, a major player in the in the in the rugby league journalism scene. He covered rugby. Uh, for most of his of his life, from Blackpool to, to Sydney, he wrote eight books uh, as well. And also, he when he in sort of later life, he played uh, sort of Tig and Pass at uh, Bolton Mets. And they do say, if obviously part of his family are sort of Salford supporters, so uh, it's sad. Obviously, we've uh, we've met him a couple of times, and you know he, he was a nice bloke, sort of talk, talk to you and, and things like that. So uh, yeah, another another sort of rugby league uh, great uh, gone. Yeah, I remember when we first started doing, well, when I first got like a press pass and, and saw Dave Adfield in the press room at Salford and I knew um, him writing for like The Independent because when I was at school, yeah. when I used to go in the library at school doing my stuff at dinner time, I always used to have a look <coughs> at the, the papers to see if there's any rugby league news, you know, skiving from, from school work and I always used to get The Independent big broadsheet and Dave Adfield used to write in that and I used to read his stuff and he was a very, very clever writer. He's, he's He wrote a lot of good articles in a lot of rugby league magazines. He used to do 40-20 and, and he always used to do the last the last section in the uh, the old Open Rugby magazine and he always wrote with a bit of humour as well. Uh, proper writer, really. You know, not just a journalist, but a real writer, you know, somebody who, uh, very intellectual and very intelligent man and like I said, I remember seeing him in the press room and being a bit taken back, really. It's like when you see sort of Trevor Hunt now and people like that. These are your heroes growing up you listen to him on the radio and then you, then you meet him in real life but no he was, a, he was a quiet man Dave Adfield but but fantastic writer I've read a lot of his books as well and you know it's I think he'd been poorly for a while hadn't he but um, but no lovely lovely man and it's just sad news that really sad news yeah I'd love to be able to sort of take time and just sort of get information from him and learn from him but obviously they're all people are always doing stuff aren't they Pat, but Paul yeah. it's not it's hard isn't it to sort of like just sort of say oh just give us a minute while you, while you talk me through this or what do you think of this or how can I do this better uh, but I suppose it is a balancing act yeah of course it is but you know it's uh, it's nice to see people when you're knocking about the matches and you know say hi to them and uh, have, a, have a chat with them and you feel really I feel really privileged to be able to do stuff like that you know when we do the podcast and we do Salford Radio and we get to go in the press room I think it's great that we get to rub shoulders with these sort of people and, and, and say hi to them so uh, so yeah well that 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 was sad new double whammy on um, Tuesday night really with you know the day they used David Stevenson and, and Dave Abfield too Two really special rugby league people, so it's very sad news. Yeah, our thoughts are with the with the families and friends at this this time. So that's all, all the news, and now. We'll...
Here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. We'll start off this week, bit of an action-packed one this week. It's um, pretty full, actually. We'll start off with the National Conference Leagues. Rochdale-Mayfield, they went down 38 points to 18 away from home at Westhull. Westhull continue there and beat and start with two wins from two. Rochdale-Mayfield have won one and lost one in their first two games in the Premier Division. In Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers were beaten at home in a narrow defeat, 12 apiece at half-time in that game. They lost in the end by 20 points to 18 to Skurla. In Division 3, though, both the Oldham sides... Both had thumping wins. Waterhead Warriors won away from home at Millen, 46 points to 8. And Oldham St. Anne's beat Batley Boys by 48 points to 6. The fixtures for Saturday, Rochdale Mayfield are home to Egremont Rangers. In the Premier Division, in Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Oulton Raiders. And in Division 3, Millen face Oldham St. Anne's and Waterhead Warriors are at home to Hensingham. Well, moving on to the Northwest Youth League on Sunday. There's some fixtures here in the under-16s on Sunday. Division 1, Follow Lane are at home to West Horton Lions. Rochdale Mayfield face South Trafford Raiders. Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Salford City Roosters. And Dalton face Waterhead Warriors. In the under-18s, Blackbrook Blues face Waterhead Warriors. Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Wigan St. Jude. Division 1 of the under-18s is Oral St. James against Salford City Roosters. And Division 2, Goldborn Parkside face Langley. Willie Reds in the Baylor National Cup. It's the semi-finals. Um, these are going to be played. Semi-finals reaches penultimate stage at the weekend. We're in place of the decider, which will take place at the Millennium Stadium, Post Office Road, on Sunday, the 10th of April. So the finals at the Featherstone Road is all Post Office Road Stadium. So these semi-finals take place on Saturday. Waffling a bit here, aren't I? 19th of March. Semi-finals. Waterhead Warriors against Might and Warriors is a 1.30 kickoff, and West Hull face Charleston Rovers at 2 o'clock. Moving on to the students. Uh, Manchester Uni in the Northern Conference Cup beat Sheffield by 16 points to 12 on Wednesday, last Wednesday. And in the College Rugby League, the Premier Division Northwest One, uh, sorry, the Northwest One League. Salford, Red Devils A, Cowley 6 form 30. The fixtures for this week in College Rugby League in the Cup. Warrington play Hotwood Hall in University Tier 2A. UCLan face Salford. In the Premier Division of College Rugby League, Huddersfield face Salford Red Devils. And in Northwest 1, it's Salford Red Devils A against Wigan Warriors. Moving on to the Northwest Men's League in Division 1. Folly Lane 16, Charlie Panthers 12. That was a result from Saturday the 12th of March, as are all these results. Division 2, West Bank Bears 20, Salford City Roosters 22. Warnley Central 32, Caddyshead Rhinos 12. Wigan St. Pat's A, West Horton Lions 34. In Division 4, South and East Burton, Wood Chargers 36, Oldham St. Anne's A 12. Langworthy Reds 20, Higginshaw 32. Waterhead Warriors A 52, Clockface Miners A 10. Moving on to the fixtures. The fixtures coming up this weekend, Saturday the 19th of March. In Division 1, Berry Broncos are at home to Hindley. Division 2, Caddy Z Rhinos face Wigan St. Patrick's A. Roos Pioneers are at home to West Horton Lions and Salford City Roosters entertain Wigan Springview. In Division 3, Liverpool Lizards are at home to Rochdale Mayfield A. Division 4, South and East, it's Oldham St. Anne's A against Langworthy Reds and Bolton Mets play the Tameside Knights. That's in Division 5. Well, moving on to Women's Rugby League, there were some matches in the Women's Challenge Cup uh, the weekend just gone. Uh, the results in Group A, Barrow Raiders 0, St. Helens 68, British Army 8, Warrington 50. Group B, Huddersfield Giants 8, Leeds Rhinos 38, 
Lee Miners Rangers 72, Hull nil. In Group C, Bradford Bulls 6, Wigan Warriors 44, Dewsbury Moor nil, York City United 78. And in Group D, Castleford Tigers 10, Wakefield 32, Alton Raidettes 10, Featherstone Rovers 30. Some fixtures for this Sunday, the 13th of March. Sorry, results, sorry, from Sunday, the 13th of March. Women's Rugby League result, it was Division 2, Manchester University nil, Liverpool University 60. And the fixture for this week in Division 2 is Liverpool University against Leeds University that's Sunday the 20th of March well apologies if I've stumbled through this week it's been a bit hectic this one Um, turning our attention to life outside Super League at the weekend it was the Challenge Cup round 5 the Super League clubs come in in round 6 Salford have drawn uh, Wigan Warriors away from home you might have heard that and Rob will be talking about that on the podcast with me and Parker but the division uh, round 5 results Barrow Raiders 32 Workington Town 18 epic game there in Barrow close one working to lead 18-12 at the break Barrow Raiders uh, too strong in the second half T Ritson scoring again and uh, Jared Samet got a couple of tries in that game Batley Bulldogs 20 Featherstone Rovers 54 North Wales Crusaders 30 Sheffield Eagles 50 Chris Willem getting a try there for Sheffield Eagles good win for the Eagles Whitehaven 38 York City Knights 12 that's a big win for Whitehaven against York much fancied York side in that game and uh, Widnes Vikings 24 Barrow Raiders 34 was a championship uh, match last uh, last Monday so Barrow continue their uh, unbeaten form in, um, in Division 1 as well in the Bedford Championship as well the fixtures for this week in life outside Super League there is a pre-season game between London Scholars and the Am there was a Challenge Cup match as well on Monday night um, and that was Bradford Bulls 18, Lee Centurions 20. Lee Centurions went through there. On Sunday, the Betfred Championship, Barrow faced London Broncos at 3 o'clock. These are all 3 o'clock. Uh, Batley Bulldogs at home to Featherstone Rovers. Dewsbury against Newcastle Thunder. Whitehaven against Sheffield Eagles. Workington Town against Bradford at 2 o'clock. And York City Knights face Witness. That is at 3 o'clock. The Monday fixture next week is Halifax Panthers against Lee Centurions. Well, moving on to some of our youth sides as well, we like to mention Folly Lane. Folly Lane drew 10 apiece, the 14th. They had a half-fought draw against uh, Pilkington Rex. And the tries came from Carter Graham, Max Merriman and Nathan Walton got a conversion. Carter Graham being awarded the man of the match. So a good result there for Folly Lane under-14s. Salford City Roosters under-18s are looking for new players. We mentioned this on the podcast last week. If you're under-18 and uh, you want to play rugby league this season, the Roosters want you. Join them at training. You know, they train Tuesday nights and Thursday nights at 7 o'clock, so get in touch with uh, Salford City Roosters. Folly Lane, under-15s, they won 40 points to 8 with tries from Harrison Hope. He got two. Dylan Maxwell, Brad Davidson, Evan Hutchinson, Dan Jenkinson, Kane Miller, Coates, and Tom Puckley. Four goals from Dan Jenkinson. The man of the match went to Jacob Gillingham, so a big win there for the Folly under-15s. And also the Langworthy Reds under 30s, they played Portico Vine. It finished 37 apiece, a fantastic match. They only had 10 players due to injuries and illness. And uh, Portico Vine had a full 17 there, so they played the game with no subs. And they kept keeping, obviously, subbing their players to uh, give their players a run. But an outstanding effort from the Langworthy Reds under 13s to draw 37 0 and you've only got 10 players is an absolutely marvellous result. So best of luck to those lads this week. We'll be talking more about those youth teams next week in next week's Amateur Report. I shall see you on Friday night for Salford against Leeds. Take care and have a good week. So that's Paul's uh, report on what's going on in the world of rugby league. And now we'll look forward to the Leeds game on Friday night. It's 
So, Salford face Leeds at the AJ Bell Stadium. Parker, obviously coming off the back of the Rovers. Opportunity to bounce. Yeah, you say look forward to it. Um, I'm <laughs> sure that's right. Uh, no, he, look, both teams have got a lot, to, a lot riding on this. Both teams really have. I mean, Leeds, I watched them against uh, Hold the other night and they were, they were as bad as we were on Friday night. They were shocking. And for a team that spends, you know, so much money and have so much expectation, I think this year they were highly fancied to be, you know, certainly a top, top 40, maybe, maybe even higher. Um, they've started appallingly and they, they need a result. Uh, Richard Agar certainly needs a result. There's, you know, a lot of talk about his job. Um, so we're up, we're up against it. If, if his players, you know, want him to be in charge of that club, they'll be well fired up. Uh, and we've we've got to meet them like that. And like Paul said before, what we've got to do is get out the blocks. And you know, we we put the marker down early and put them on the back foot, make them you know put a bit of doubt in their mind because if the if the confidence is low, they they don't want to go you know six eight seven behind away from home. Um, it's on Sky. So that's that's another reason why we can be absolutely dreadful. Um, but it's, it's you know it's Leeds, isn't it? Our, our record against Leeds is it's appalling. It really is, uh, and it, you know, hopefully it's time we can turn that around. But it's going to be tough. It is, but the players have really got to uh, pick themselves up after last week. Uh, I don't think there's much, you know we, people are saying, oh, you drop him, you've got to do. It. I don't think there's that much we can do about it. You know. People are saying about you know dropping Ryan Braley. Well, Morgan Escaray is away on loan at Wakefield. So who'd you bring in? Who's your fullback? You're going to play a, perhaps a winger on the fullback. How's he bringing something? You, you don't want to make wholesale changes realistically. We haven't got the squad for that. Um, it, it's time to back each other, I think. And uh, you know, I mean, like we said before about Mark Snead having a couple of a couple of bad weeks. I mean, the whole whole away. There's a lot on it for, it for him at that game. You know, he's a, he's a bit of a hero there, isn't he? Uh, he probably wanted to impress and it all went wrong. And I know the old KR fans the other night gave him a real hard time. Um, every time he was behind the post, he got some proper abuse. Um, whether that got to him a little bit and his game went, I don't know. I mean, he can't really allow it. He's a top pro. but um, So this is a chance to, to let him shine against, you know, decent halfbacks again, coming up against him. So it's... Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one, but it's one we've got to look forward to. And, you know, Leeds aren't coming here in any great shape, so we've got to be looking to knock them off. Yeah, I think, Paul, that we have to play the team, not the name. I think we sometimes do kind of fall into a trap of thinking, oh, it's Leeds Rhinos, oh, we're going to get beat here. But this isn't the Leeds Rhinos of 10 years ago. There's no Jamie Peacock. There's no Kevin Sinfield. There's no Kevin Senior. There is, they have some play, some good players, but they are peak leads. And I feel that, obviously, after last week's performance against Hull Kingston Rovers, there will be players in that dressing room who need to come out and, and put on a performance. And I think Leeds will be, will be getting that on uh, Friday. Who's Kevin Senior? Kevin oh. Junior's dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure he is. Uh, uh, well, senior. That's him. Uh, yeah, they, well, they've still got some good players. We've got Blake Austin and Aiden Caesar. They're only two two top half backs, and 
Yeah, I, I get what you mean, though. It's not like that all-conquering lead side that was then. And they made a poor start to the season, haven't they? They've only won, won one, I think, out of five, haven't they? Yeah. So, uh, and they were awful against uh, against Hull from what I saw. 31 nil down, and they scored a couple of late tries. So, But you look through the squad, and they've got some good backs. They've got a good pack, pack of forwards. Like Reese Martin's good. Alleged is a decent player. Matt Pryor, I think, is a massive workhorse for them. Um, he's suspended. So he'll miss this this game. I think he got a one match penalty notice after the whole game, so he'll be missing. Uh, I think that Cruz Lehman's back. They've got Brad Dwyer as well. The pair of them always cause a lot of damage. So they've got plenty of quality players. But like you said, it, it's about us bouncing back really now. And 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 yeah, you've got to look at this as a big springboard. If we could knock Leeds off, that'd be a big shot in the arm. Then going into our next league game, which is away um, away. Can you turn that light up, please, Alan? <laughs> Yeah, so it's going to be an hard game. There's no doubt about that. You know, Leeds are going to test us. The pack will test us because they're, they're a big pack. Um, but we've got we've got to come out, Rob, and we've got to play from minute one. We've got to work hard from minute one. We've got to get in their faces. And you can imagine if we put a few big shots on early doors or get an early try, it's going to lift the crowd as well. Mm. And then you've got those Salford homes. But you need to give them something to shout about this week and you know get off on the right footing. Remind. Uh, Paul Parker, does he watch Wars a lot? Away from light. Oh, you walk, walk away from it. Oh, yeah. You walk to it, we, yeah. There's only be two of us doing the podcast next week. Yeah. Um, I think what Paul said there as well, um, my, my, my brother mentioned last week at the game that 10, 15 minutes into that game against OK, how flat the ground was, how flat the crowd were. And I said, well, the team have got to give us something to lift. You can't rely on the on the fans just to continue to back you. You know when you you're not performing, and, and and that's why I think we've got to get out of the blocks on on Friday night. Start putting them on the back, hitting them hard, forcing errors, and and like Hulk KR did uh, last week. You know when their fans are on doing that cheer every time you tackle somebody because you know they're not going to make more than five meters, and you're trapping teams in their own twenty. We need to do that. Get the crowd behind us. Because I think our fans have been magnificent this year as well. I think they're turning up in, in numbers again. Um, and, and we've been let down a little bit with what, we, what we're seeing. And this, this is a chance. We're on the TV. You know, we get to show rugby league that we, if we are, like you were saying before, about changing perception, let's go out and turn leads over. We, so that's not something Salford do. Let's turn them over and let's do it proper. Let's not have, you know, let's not be hanging on because that's the way Salford do it in the last minute or something like that. Let's put the game to bed. Let's let, let's let's do to them what OKR did to us in that first forty minutes. Put the pressure on them. Put the doubt in the mind, and get the crowd on side. And then you know, this time next week, the, the world will look a much better place. Yeah, um, big big game for the club as well. They've uh, got the schools coming down. Paul, uh, Paul Trainer doing a fantastic job liaising with all the schools, inviting them down, getting them players to go and, and engage with them, and we're hoping for a record turnout. I know they've been working hard, and I'm sure they'll be rewarded. Yeah, the weather looks all right on Friday. It's going to be a nice mm. day, isn't it? Going to the forecast, so uh, so yeah, it'd be great to see that. You know, loads of loads of youngsters down there, and and that's why it's important that we don't put in. 
sort of a Salford Fall guy performance and play like a load of dummies and lose me 50 points. We need to come out and, and, and perform and, and, and do the business, really. So, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, to Friday night. But like we said before, it's Leeds, I think it's Salford against Leeds is one of the worst records in, in rugby league, isn't it? I mean, I was going to do a stat this week and I've not had time to go through my book, but I was going to have a look sort of post-war how many games we've played Leeds and how many games we've, we've sort of won and, and lost the ratio. And it's... I mean, it's terrible, isn't it? it? You know, in my lifetime, anyway. So, uh, when do you start getting over that? When do you start putting putting the balance right? I mean, you know, it's got to start on 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 Friday night. Those players have got to go out. It'd be a big scalp to take. That. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Leeds. Don't forget. I mean, their coaches come under fire this weekend. They spent a lot of money, signed some big names, and had a real poor start to the season. So they're going to have a lot of pressure on them. And as Parky said, there, if we can come out and get an early score, that's going to put doubt into their minds. And you know, they could go into the shell. You know, you get three, three and a half, four, five thousand Salford supporters behind. You know, remember we're going to get on Friday night, and that shed rocking and and what have you. You know, they could, uh, we could get a result. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, I'm not dead confident, but um, I might be come Friday night. Can we have a score prediction off you, Parker? Um, I'm going to be optimistic. Oh. I've got to be. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't normally, especially with it being Leeds, but uh, I think we're going to hang on to a, a tough 24-18 win. 24-18. I'm sure he copies off me. <laughs> Tony, you usually must be connected. It must be like Toshak and Keegan here, because you're going to say something like, so far I've got a win, 22-18. Hey, I've wrote mine down here for you. On the back of the League Express. Uh, have you? I've, oh. I've got 24 22 to solve it. What's it mean? 22, what was it? We're telepathic, me and him. Tell you. I don't know yeah. why, though. We, we, we're struggling in that yeah. prediction league, aren't we, Parky? He's eight, tw- what did he say? 24 22? 24 22, yeah. Right. yeah. I'm going to go Salford to win 38 there we go. 6. There we go. 38 6, Croft. Double. There you go. Stick that in your in your league express. If we beat them by thirty eight points to six, mate, I will carry you round the pitch at Wigan for that cup game. We've we've talked about this, haven't we, Paul? And you've not got the in underpants. You've got a, a back of glass, haven't you? You know, and, and <laughs> you carrying me shoulder high around the the uh, the, the pitch, even with Parky's help. You know what? It's it could could it could end up bad because I remember on walking, my shoulders letting party poppers off. That was bad, and we it took us three days. So I don't want that happen again. <laughs> I remember that game at Wigan. We had to carry me back to the car. Yeah. You and me, Dad. Yeah, yeah, thirty-eight six. Oh, that'd be something. That mate, if we could do yeah. that, that'd be. Uh, tell you what, I'd be. Uh, I wouldn't be going to work on Saturday anyway if it's thirty-eight six. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the that's the men's game preview. The women they face Widness on Sunday at Salford City Roosters Ground. Two thirty kickoff. Parkett Widness are a great side. They finished third in the championship uh, last season, so it'll be a real test uh, for Chris Bates, ladies. Yeah, it's going to be a great marker, isn't it? See where they're up to. Um, obviously, we know how, how good they've been. You know, I think they lost one, didn't they? That was pretty close. The others, you know, they've done really well. Um, so it's a big step up. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed. I mean, we the, the good thing is we don't know how good we are. Mm. 
because we've not been tested at these levels. And our girls might just, you know, they might really surprise us and might say, witness are a good, you know, good, a good team, but who knows? You know, and again, cup game, anything can happen. But um, no, I mean, the main thing is for them to get everything set for, for next year, really. But just just go out and play, obviously, the way they played last week. And, and, and who knows? Yeah, Paul, it's a bit of a grudge match, really. There's, there's a few ladies who, who've previously played for Witness, so uh, there's a bit of uh, animosity there. They want to do uh, sort of the best against the previous club. Yeah, you're stoking this one up, aren't you? Animosity, <laughs> they might be kicking off there on Sunday. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like Packers are very good side, Witness, aren't they? But I think at the moment, uh, with the Salford ladies, the pressure's a bit off, really, isn't it? They can go out and express themselves and... You know, they're looking forward to obviously next season. We keep saying about the, the you know, the, the proper season. They're going to be in the championship, things like that, and they'll be going towards that. But at the moment, it's a cup game. Pressure's off them a bit, really. They're doing well. They put they strung a few results together now, so that momentum could uh, could carry them through in that sort of run, riding a crest of a wave, aren't they at the moment? So uh, they're at home as well again. It's it Salford City Roos, the ground that they're a bit familiar with now. So uh, you know they get a decent crowd behind them, so that can take you a long way sometimes. So uh, so yeah, looking forward. Hopefully, I'd like to get down there and have to see how things pan pan out and that. But uh, but yeah, should be another good game for them. Do we want to go score predictions, Parky, for the ladies? Um. Oh, it's a tough one. I, I sadly won't be there. I'll be at uh, Christine up in the in the Lake District, but um, uh, my thoughts will be with them. Um, I think, you know what? I, I'm going to go because they're on crest of a wave. I'm, I'm going to go with our, our girls. I think, I think it'll, it'll be tough for them, but I think it'd be a low scorer. I, I think it might be something like 16-10. 16. To our girls, I mean, it, like I say, it's, it, yeah, it'd be tough, but I think you don't know. Witness might be uh, a little bit caught out by how, how, how good we are. What about you, Paul? What's your thought process and score prediction? I'll go Salford 20, Witness 10. 2010. I'm thinking that Demi Jones is on fire last week. Lucy McKeown scored a hat trick, so there's tries in this team. Um, so I'm thinking Salford to win. I'm going to go 30 points to 12. So we'll be celebrating a double week, double win week. Ken Parker. Yeah, fingers crossed. Like I say, then, uh, you know, then you look forward to the cup and everything else following that. Um, and But a win, a win for both teams would be fantastic. But certainly the men are... Uh, I'm much in need at the moment, and uh, you know, fingers crossed that we can, we can, we can dig this one out and and set a platform for the season now. Yeah, so that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. Uh, Parking, another great show. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good. Um, like I say, it's never easy, is it, when we're on the back of a a poor performance? Really, it always seems like a bit dour, and we've had you know we've had a bad bit of bad news this week as well, and. Um, but hopefully, you know, we can we, we can get through this, and uh, I'll be celebrating again on Friday night. And this, you know, next week's podcast, I don't know, we could be on top of the world. But uh, yeah, no, another good show. Yeah, it's always a, a yo-yo love affair with uh, Salford Devils. Uh, Paul, you, you you ride the highest high and 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 stoop to the lowest low. 
You certainly do, mate. You certainly do. But I think the podcast has been the therapy I needed this <laughs> week, really. A bit of therapy tonight. So, uh, so yeah, can't wait for Friday. You know, you, you like that and you get disappointed after the match, don't you? And, you know, kick the dog when you get home and then Saturday comes round. Then you're like, waiting for the next game then, aren't you? So, so you, you soon get over it, don't you? So, uh, yeah, can't wait for Friday. Yeah. So, big thanks for tuning this week's uh, Devil of Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil of Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you next week. Yeah.